Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg, South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we focus on sports betting, something that has grown enormously in Africa over the past few years. In many countries, it's possible to go to a betting shop or to place bets online on many sporting events, and football is the most popular. For some, this is harmless entertainment, but for many, sports betting becomes a highly addictive habit. We hear from someone who's experienced this. You start chasing the money that you lost. And uh, at that point, um, I think a bit of recklessness and responsibility comes into play where you find I might dip into my savings. I might dip into my rent money. Plus a look back at a stunning week in the UEFA Champions League as there were miracles for Liverpool and for Tottenham. Plus a look ahead to the final games in the English Premier League where Manchester City are almost there. That's all coming up, but first it's an all-North African final in the CAF Champions League between the holders Esperance of Tunisia and the 2017 champions Widad Casablanca of Morocco. And Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa were knocked out by Widad Casablanca at home as they were held to a goalless draw. Widad took that tie 2-1 on aggregate. Goalless two between TP Mazembe and Esperance in Lubumbashi. Esperance defended really well to frustrate TP Mazembe and Esperance took it 1-0 on aggregate. Uh, both games there, there were thousands of fans decked out in their club colours. For Sundowns, it was a sea of yellow and a sea of black and white in Lubumbashi for TP Mazembe, but a disappointment for those home supporters. Uh, the first leg of the final is on next weekend, so all North African, as I say, Esperance taking on Widad Casablanca, the winners of the last two editions of the Champions League. Much more on this on next week's show. Now this week we take a look at sports betting, something that has grown hugely over the past 20 years or so, and in Africa over the past 10 years. In many countries it's possible to go to a betting shop or you can place bets online on many sporting events, and football is the most popular. You can bet on who will win a match, you can bet on the exact scoreline, you can bet on who will score the first goal, and on many other outcomes. You could also go for an accumulator, trying to win big by predicting the results of several games in a single bet. It's also possible to bet in play in a match that is in progress. Now for some this is harmless entertainment and they enjoy the challenge of testing their skill and judgement. A few have become professional gamblers, making a regular income from betting. But for most, sports betting becomes a highly addictive habit where they get hooked and lose more money than they can afford. Most of the match-fixing scandals in Africa and around the world that we've seen over the past 10 years have had betting syndicates at the heart of the operations as they've tried to manipulate matches for betting purposes. Many betting companies make substantial profits and Kenyan sports betting company Sport Pesa are the jersey sponsor of English Premier League club Everton. From Kenya, this look into sports betting from Planet Sport Football Africa's Ida Waringa. Goal, goal, over 2.5, 1x2. Terminologies that may be totally unfamiliar to you and I, but that's not the case for the avid better. 
Sports betting, a global phenomenon, rampant in East Africa and more specifically, Kenya. Betting was once thought to be a hobby for the wealthy, indulging in horse racing at the jockey clubs, but it's since turned into an addiction that's gripped the Kenyan middle and lower classes. Recent numbers in the country show that after food and mobile airtime, people below 35 years are increasingly splitting their disposable income between liquor and betting. According to a survey by Geopole in 2017 conducted on close to 4,000 youth, over 54% in sub-Saharan Africa have tried their hand at gambling or betting at least once. But just why is sports betting so attractive? We spoke to a regular better. We find ourselves as sports bettors very, very attracted and drawn into the game because uh, we love to win. Everybody loves to win. Indeed, the statistics are shocking. Kenya has the highest number of youth who regularly participate in betting at a whopping 76%, followed by Uganda at 57%, with Ghana having the least percentage at 42%. This led to Uganda's President Yoweri Museveni banning sports betting in the country in January 2019, claiming that it was diverting youth's attention from hard, honest work. The ease of sports betting has been greatly facilitated by the smartphone, which has become the African Las Vegas. Seamless integration of mobile money wallets has also induced mobile gaming. Most of these platforms have mobile money integration. So the mobile phone does come in handy if, one, it's a smartphone. I'll be able to not only go through the newspapers to check for bets, I'll be able to go through the different sports betting applications mobile apps to look at the different odds in real time as they change and I'll be able to deposit my money through the mobile banking platform. With both subliminal and direct messaging all over, the frequent text messages, at least two per day, to subscribers with the day's games and odds, reminding a person to bet even if their mind is furthest from the topic, will quickly pull them back to the betting sites. With weekly jackpots offered of up to $120,000 and mega jackpots of up to $2 million. Kenya has the highest number of mobile usage for gambling at 96% among users. The average monthly spend of a Kenyan betting addict comes to about 5,000 shillings or the equivalent of $50 mostly on football bets compared to youth in other countries who spend quarter to half of that amount within the same period as they bet only once a month, while in Kenya it's a weekly or even daily affair. Kenya currently has 17 sports betting companies operating in a $2 to $4 billion sector. Modest reports give $1 billion as the annual revenue of the biggest sports betting firm in Kenya, but sources intimate that the real amount is actually much, much higher. It's reported that on a certain 2019 UEFA Champions League night, when many expected wins and goals galore in two high-profile matches that instead ended as barren draws, a dominant sports betting firm received over 1 billion shillings in deposits and paid out just about 100 million shillings, making for a profit of about 900 million shillings, the rough equivalent of $9 million. Yes, in one night. Based on this, many would say that the high taxation rate imposed on betting firms, which for many years went untaxed in Kenya, is justified. With tough talk from the Kenyan government through Cabinet Secretary for the Ministry of Interior and National Coordination, Fred Matiangi. There must be evidence that tax has been paid. I promise you, it may be a bit tough for some of you. And let me not lie, some of you will be out of this business soon. 
the government initially imposed a hefty 35% taxation rate on betting operators that was later reduced to 15%, with various stringent regulations passed in order to control the sports betting companies. The number of cases we have to deal with of suicide in this country, out of this desperation, we must say no. What are we raising our children to do? What kind of country are we building? Are we raising our children and telling them, just do nothing with your life, just go around betting and become a millionaire and live well? Is that the kind of thing that we are telling our country and our children? The negative social effect of sports betting cannot be overstated. With a large percentage of betting addicts suffering from depression and suicidal thoughts due to irresponsible betting that includes gambling away money for food, rent, school fees, hospital fees payments and bank reimbursements, etc. All with the hope that they will get that million dollar winning call or notification that for many simply never comes. When you're caught in the chase, and by the chase I mean you you uh, placed a bet, you lost a bet, you placed a bet, you won a bet, and on your that bet you lost, you start chasing the money that you lost. And uh, at that point, um, I think a bit of recklessness and responsibility comes into play, where you find I might dip into my savings, I might dip into my rent money uh, under my own assurance that I'm going to win this game. And I'm not only going to get my rent money back, I'm going to get uh, something extra to go have a drink with my friends. Um, that's when it tends to get a bit reckless. And you can find yourself doing it again and again and again. The higher, the higher the amount you put in, you lose that. You're chasing that last amount you lost. And that's where the rabbit hole uh, begins. Uh, because and it can be a very dark, dark spiral. Uh, I've been there. I've lost rent money. Um, and I, I, would, I would urge most not to go through that that way. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. But don't chase the money that you've lost because remember, the house always wins. This despite betting operators' disclaimer to bet responsibly. So I'll leave it up to individual judgment. Sports betting, innocent hobby or dangerous vice. For Planet Sport Football Africa, I'm Ida Warenga in Nairobi, Kenya. Well, thanks, Ida. That's a fascinating stuff and a sobering warning. Uh, so, Stuart, betting on football is a growing phenomenon. Sports betting is massive in the UK too, Steve. In 2017, Joey Barton, who of course played for Manchester City, Newcastle, Burnley and so on, was banned for having placed a thousand bets on football because under current rules, players are not allowed to bet on football matches. Barton was originally banned for 18 months, but that was later reduced. However, many people felt that the football authorities' decision to ban him was hypocritical, given that in recent years, clubs like Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Everton, Fulham, Huddersfield, Stoke City and West Ham United have had a shirt sponsor from the gambling industry. And in fact, someone estimated in the season 2017-2018 that 45% of Premier League sponsorship income was from gambling. And to make matters worse, the division below the Premier League is called the Skybet Championship. And until 2017, the Football Association had a sponsorship deal with Ladbrokes, the bookmaker. So banning a player for betting, but hey, we'll take the money. And watch any game on television in Britain on Sky Sports and halftime will start and end with a gambling advert. 
And there are approximately 53,000 jobs in the betting industry in Britain. Joey Barton said at the time of his ban that in his experience, something like 50% of current footballers were regularly betting on football, whatever the rules. Matthew Etherington, who played for Tottenham and West Ham, once got into debt to the tune of $2 million through gambling. Ida Gudjonsson, who played for Chelsea, admitted to losing $600,000 in six months. And the German player who played for Liverpool, Didi Haman, once put on a single bet of $400,000 and he lost. And Michael Chopra, who got into the Newcastle side when he was 17, admitted to being involved in bets of up to $40,000 in cash with team bets on the way to games. There's a legal requirement in the UK from the regulator that the words when the fun stops, stop, must be included in adverts. But really, uh, it's questionable how effective that really is. Speaking personally, I have no doubt that the gambling industry in the UK is out of control and is extremely damaging to a lot of people. However, with the amount of money that is generated for football clubs and indeed television companies showing football, it just seems unlikely that it's going to stop anytime soon. Yes, uh, thanks, Stuart. And uh, talking of betting companies getting involved in football, uh, here in Southern Africa, this week it was announced that the Kasafa Cup this month, the Southern African Championship, will be sponsored by Hollywood Bets. Uh, that's a sports betting company that operates in South Africa, in Mozambique, in Ireland uh, and in the UK. And uh, Solomon, on this uh, issue of sports betting, there have been match-fixing scandals uh, here in Zimbabwe and in South Africa, where you are, with Asian betting syndicates involved in the scandals. Uh, a few years ago, uh, in a research international study done by the Global Players Union, the International Federation of Professional Footballers, FIFPRO, said Zimbabwe has the fourth highest percentage of football players who have been approached by match-fixers. You know, and we all know and we have heard about the notorious Asian match fixers uh, who have, uh, you know, come into the continent and really tried to influence game, you know, because of the huge Asian betting communities. And we know about, you know, the notorious Singaporean match fixers, Wilton Raj, Perumal and Dan Tan, who uh, FIFA investigated and banned them uh, for influencing games in Zimbabwe. And also they were involving in games in South Africa also. These are very serious issues that have been going on. There's quite a lot of money in uh, betting. There's also quite a lot of money to be made uh, by Asian betting syndicates. There's quite a lot of money to be made by the players who accept you know, some of this money. There's also a lot amount of money to be made by football officials who accept this money and, and it's a huge problem. Uh, the World Cup qualifier for Russia 2018, the game against uh, between South Africa and Senegal that was played in Durban, South Africa where 2-1 victors uh, in that home win. Uh, FIFA look at the game and, and they investigate it and, and they said you no, know, there needs to be a replay and even the referee for that game, Ghanaian referee Joseph Lamti was banned for life uh, by FIFA. 
Yes, and FIFA banned Joseph Lamte for life and in a statement said that he had unlawfully influenced match results. And the Court of Arbitration for Sport concluded that Mr Lamte had intentionally taken two wrong decisions with the sole purpose of enabling a specific number of goals to be scored that would make pertinent bets successful. And the Court of Arbitration for Sport concluded that there was an obvious link between these intentionally wrong decisions and a deviation from an expected bet betting pattern and found Mr Lamptey guilty of having unlawfully influenced the result of that match. Uh, So this is one side of sports betting where attempts are made to influence football matches, so where maybe the aim is to fix a certain scoreline or for one team to win by a certain number of goals and so on. And there can be huge sums involved in this as a betting syndicate will pay players and or officials to get that desired outcome and massive amounts of money will be placed in bets on that outcome. That's just one side of sports betting, though. Perhaps you could say the high end of it. Uh, Many, though, are just betting a few dollars. Uh, But for those individuals who are betting, as we heard, it can get out of hand. Uh, So, Solomon, what are your feelings then on sports betting? As I say, some see it as harmless fun. Others have had their lives destroyed by gambling. It's an extension of football, you know, it's it's an extension of uh, for the football fan, not just watching it and celebrating, but trying to predict scores, uh, trying to be prophetic, you know, and in prediction. So so for some football fans, it's definitely harmless. It's just like a hobby. You know, I know some of these venues where they go to place their bed, uh, they go sit down and, and they, they buy drinks and socialize and meet up with other friends or they, they, you know, they predict their score and they bet. And they and they now, after the weekend games, they now try to compare with friends and say, look, hey, this is my prediction. This is, I know I came close. There's this, there's just something about, you know, trying to predict something and, and seeing it coming very close or seeing it coming correct. But it could be very damaging to, to, to oneself, you know, if you're not careful, you know, and get addicted to it and, and it it becomes you know you get to a place where it's excessive gambling and it would destroy your life because you're not going to have self control over things anymore you're not going to be uh, be able to uh, to have peace because you 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 get disappointed or you get angry when you don't you know get your prediction right uh, when you place your bet and, and you don't win or you don't win money, if the money is the motivation. So it's a double-edged sword and we need to be able to look at it again and, and really tell ourselves, you know, as a football fan or as someone who loves to uh, to bet, or someone who loves to uh, to predict score, you know, that, you know, where's the line? Where's the line that I don't need to, to go across? But, you know, some people enjoy it just for the sake of enjoying it. But some other people, it's much more than that. Yes, and we heard in that report from Ida in Kenya how dangerous betting is when you are chasing your losses, when you're trying to win back what you've lost and end up losing more than you can afford to lose. Thanks, Solomon. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this on social media. Uh, What do you think about uh, sports betting? It has, as I say, grown enormously in Africa. You can bet uh, on your mobile phone. You can bet on your computer or go in person to a betting shop. Uh, Football is the most popular type of sports betting. So for some, it's harmless entertainment, but for others, it becomes a costly and addictive habit. So give us your views on sports betting. Also tell us if you've had any personal experience yourself. Go to our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa. You can post a comment there or send us a WhatsApp to plus 447955232780. That's plus 447955232780.
Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can also listen on our New Look website, planetsport.tv, and there are pictures and profiles of the team there, plus our other shows, that's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast. That's on our New Look website, planetsport.tv. And now we turn to social media. Last week we talked about the best African players in the English Premier League this season and asked who has shone the most for you. Uh, Could it be Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane at Liverpool? Maybe Arsenal's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang or someone else? And we asked if you've been disappointed by any African players this season. Let's start on Facebook and Moses Bebe Zuse in Zambia says, For me, I'll go with Aubameyang as the best player, but Eric Bailly at Manchester United and Riyad Mahrez at Man City have been disappointing, says Moses. Manasseh Maskinte in the Gambia says, Wilfred Zaha has been impressive for Crystal Palace, but I think Sadio Mane has been the best this season. Goodson Juan Miti in Zambia also goes for Mane. In Malawi, Gift Abdul says, I think Salah is the best African this season. On WhatsApp, marvellous Ola Rewaju Abubakar in Nigeria says, I think Mane, Salah and Abamayang really make Africa proud. They perform very well, but the most disappointing has been Alex Iwobi of Nigeria. He messed up most of the time, says marvellous. Sam Chikwilira in Malawi agrees on both counts. Salah and Mane are the two standout players, but Iwobi is the worst. He hasn't performed to his usual standard, says Sam. Alhaj Ibu in the Gambia has been impressed by Liverpool's Senegal striker. This season, Mane's been wonderful. He's doing great, says Alhaj. Uh, but for me, Aubameyang is disappointed because he didn't show his talent much this season. But Julanding Jaune in the Gambia totally disagrees. Uh, to me, Aubameyang is the best player in Africa, says Julanding. In the Premier League, he's among the top in terms of goals, even without having the time on the pitch like Salah and Mane. Yeah, good point there. And indeed, Aubameyang is currently the joint second highest scorer in the Premier League with 20 goals along with Sergio Aguero and Sergio Mane, uh, two behind Mohamed Salah, who's top with 22. But now here's an Arsenal fan with a different view. That's Albert Kadzombe in Malawi. He says, I'm a gunner, but for me, Sadio Mane has been the best African player this season, even better than our own Obama Yang. And here's another Gunners fan, Emma in Ghana, who agrees with Albert. I'm an Arsenal fan, but to be fair, neither Salah nor Aubameyang have matched Mane's efforts this season. He's been exceptional. He's single-handedly played in different positions in the absence of Firmino and with Salah lacking goals to lift his team. Um, Wenda Zambwe in Zambia goes even further. Mane's been the best African player, not only in the Premier League, but also in the whole of Europe, says Mwenda. Uh, for me, Riyad Mahrez has been the biggest disappointment. Mohamed Manika Sisse in Sierra Leone says, For me, Sadio Mane is the best African player, and the most disappointing this season is Spurs and Ivory Coast defender Serge Aurier. Uh, He did have a few injury problems. Alan Ernest Twagi Rayezu from Rwanda also chooses Mane. But the Africans who disappointed me, says Alan, include Eric Bailly at Man United and Joel Matip from Liverpool. 
Others who picked out Mane include Emmanuel E. Shamaki in Nigeria, Patrick Mwamlima in Malawi, Stanley in Ghana and Khalifa Sanyang in China, who says easily it's Mane. He's been by far the best African player in Europe's top five leagues this season, but Eric Bailly of Manchester City is the player who disappointed me. We always welcome your voice notes on WhatsApp and from the Gambia, here's Ebrima Kante. I believe African players have really done well in the Premier League this season. The likes of Aubameyang, the likes of Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. But the one who stands out for me is Sadio Mane. Sometimes he is the one who single-handedly gives Liverpool three points. If you look at during the second half of the season, some few weeks ago, Mo Salah has been struggling to even score a goal. It went up to four games in a row more than that. He didn't score all those games. Mane was the one who was scoring and giving Liverpool a vital three points. Uh, thanks for that, Brima. We've had a few Arsenal fans commenting and another is Keba from the Gambia. He says Salah did really well. I'll vote for him. Hamadi Jalo also in the Gambia. Dominic Ompile in Botswana and Ephratha Kamanga in Malawi also go for Liverpool's Egypt striker, while Ansamana Sonko in the Gambia says, I think Salah and Mane are doing extremely well, but considering Salah, the goals he scored and the contribution he's had in Liverpool's success this season, this proves him to be Africa's best English Premier League player this season, says Ansamana. Uh, Joseph Adelino in Namibia agrees, saying Salah is the best, but Aubameyang at Arsenal has mostly disappointed me, says Joseph. And finally, Abdu Marong Jame in the Gambia says, No individual player stands out for me. They're all doing good work that makes Africa proud. Thanks for that, Abdu. Thanks to everyone who got in touch. We had a massive response on this one, so apologies if we didn't get to read out your comment there. And, well, what a stunning week of European football it's been. Uh, Talking of uh, Sadio Mane, another magnificent performance from him as Liverpool pulled off one of the greatest comebacks of all time with that 4-0 win over Barcelona in their Champions League semi-final second leg to turn around a 3-0 loss from the first leg to take the tie 4-3 on aggregate. A football miracle, many saying bigger than the Champions League final of 2005 in Istanbul in Turkey. When Liverpool were 3-0 down at half-time to AC Milan, but levelled it at 3-3 and eventually won the final on penalties. Absolutely stunning performance. Huge pride for Kenya with Divock Origi, who is Belgian but has a Kenyan father. Indeed, his dad played for the Kenyan national team, getting two goals there. Cameroon's Joel Matip, superb in defence for the Reds. Of their other Africans, Nabi Keita has a long-term injury, so he didn't feature and Egypt's Mohamed Salah couldn't play because of that head injury last weekend. Uh, But he had that T-shirt that said, Never give up. Well, that certainly proved to be absolutely right. Uh, Just a week earlier, we were saying that Lionel Messi was an unstoppable force and that Barcelona are simply too good for Liverpool. Uh, But despite that 3-0 lead from the first leg, uh, Barcelona crumbled. They lacked fight. They lacked character against an energy-packed Liverpool. So, well... 
what a game. Uh, then on Wednesday, another miracle as Tottenham won their tie against Ajax five minutes into stoppage time at the Amsterdam Arena, winning it 3-2 on the night. It was 3-3 on aggregate and Spurs taking it on away goals with that Lucas Moura hat-trick in the second half. They were 3-0 down on aggregate at half-time. Absolutely staggering as Spurs have been playing pretty badly in the Premier League of late, but uh, they kept on running and running and it was another massive shock result. And a scenes of wild celebration from their players. Uh, coach Mauricio Pochettino couldn't believe it. He shed tears later on. On the other hand, the Ajax players, you had to feel sorry for them as they fell to the ground in heartbreak at the final whistle. I saw a picture of Ajax's Cameroon keeper Andre Onana lying on his back while others next to him were face down as they'd been seconds away from going through to the final. As well as Onana, Hakim Ziyech of Morocco was an instrumental player for Ajax in this great run in the Champions League. Fabulous game on Wednesday for him. Interesting to see how he'll do at the Nations Cup along with uh, his Morocco teammate, Nouasseh Mazraoui. Uh, so those games are on Tuesday and Wednesday in the Champions League. But on Monday, there was great drama as well when Vincent Kompany was the hero for Manchester City with that wonder strike in the 70th minute, getting the 1-0 win over Leicester when a draw would have seen Liverpool on top with one game to go. And a company said he'd been tired of being told not to shoot for years. And even when he had the ball at his feet on Monday night, coach Pep Guardiola shouted, don't shoot, but company followed his convictions. And the result was one of the goals of the season and one of the biggest, most important goals of the campaign. Uh, that win may well have sealed the title for Manchester City. They play away to Brighton on Sunday when all of the games will be played at the same time. Can they drop points there? It looks very unlikely. Uh, Liverpool away to Wolves. They need to win that one and for Man City to draw or to lose to Brighton. Uh, you never know, but uh, it really is firmly in the hands of Manchester City. So we'll find out on Sunday who the champions of England will be. It's been an amazing season. Well, that's it for the show from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and from Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks so much for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.